0: your starting lineup for the NBA's Most Valuable Podcast. He's a 5'10 forward out of Carleton University. Give it up for Brentford Monaco, Son, Jeff, the Terminator, Seven guard, also out of Carlton University. Some call him the Filipino jalapeno. Give it up for JP. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is the NBA's Most Valuable Podcast. Coming to you on a Friday morning with some big news that just dropped this previous night. But before we get to that, I'm John Gallardo. I'm here with Jeffrey Tram. How you doing, Jeff?
1: Not too bad, not too bad. Um, we're getting some weird weather, going from snow to warm weather. Yeah. That's Canada for you.
0: Very weird. It's It's seeming like it's like springtime right now just in terms of the weather so that's very weird
1: it was just snowing earlier though like a few days ago which is funny
0: okay this is Canada in a nutshell Uh, on Sunday it was uh really sunny it it started out really sunny and then it got cloudy then it started raining and then it was sunny again for a little bit like maybe 30 minutes and then it started hailing and then it got sunny again and then it got like cloudy again that's just that's just Canadian weather in a nutshell, it's so weird,
1: yeah, I know like I had to get off my winter jacket and then a the, the few days later I could go out with like a t shirt I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> I mean, like I shouldn't be surprised at this point it's just it's just still weird to me,
0: yeah, and it's weird that this happens in November. Usually, this stuff happens in like the springtime, this is not like classic fall weather, so it's very weird for sure, but um. Yeah.
1: Have we even had, like, real fall consistent weather yet? Like, I don't know We
0: so. have for, like, a for a good, like, stretch, maybe, like, a week or two. But then it gets, like, warm again. I don't know. But regardless, I yeah. feel bad because a lot of people are actually getting sick during these, like, weird transitioning seasons. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. it gets cold and it gets hot. And then people start, like, you know, they start wearing t-shirts, obviously, because it's getting warmer. But then it gets cold at the night in nighttime still. So... Yeah. I just bring
1: a jacket everywhere. I bring a jacket everywhere, just in case. Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. So we got to talk about some NBA news today. Most importantly, we got to talk about the NBA restart. So we talked about this a little bit in our last podcast. There were two dates that the NBA was between, whether it was January 18th, which the players were really pushing for, or December 22nd of this year. And obviously, we also talked about the big money difference that would happen if um, the league started at December 22nd versus January 18th. And that difference was anywhere from like $500 million to a billion dollars. So what we learned as of last night is that the league has voted to, the NBA's Player Association has voted to start the season at December 22nd. They've approved a 72-game season for 2020, 2021 as a per Shams Karani of The Athletic. And now what they're doing is they're just finalizing health and safety protocols over the next following days. So I've heard that fans may actually be able to attend at these games. They've just, dis- they're discussing between 25 to 50% capacity at arenas. And obviously this is in the States. Uh, the Raptors will likely not be playing their regular season games in Toronto. Um, and we also got to talk about the player salaries because the players are actually going to be taking some pay cuts here. 17 to 18% of their salaries are going to be escrowed over the next two years with uh, the hope that the withholding amount is down to 10% in 2022-2023. So if, if everything projects as normal, then after 2022-2023, the players won't have to take a pay cut. And the cap for this offseason is going to be set at $109 One oh nine million. 109 million. So the timeline now that we have for the offseason, it's going to be November 18th is the draft. And then free agency will start 48 to 72 hours after the draft. And then there's going to be three to five weeks of free agency. And then December 22nd, the season starts. So we're definitely working with a very condensed offseason, something we've never seen before in the league. But it's also very necessary in my opinion because the league still wanted to get a 72-game season in, regardless of what happened, because they lost a lot of sponsorships, and they need ad revenue. They need, they need a lot of money, basically. So the 72-game season was needed to begin with, and they weren't going to do it if the season started in January. And it just shows that the league is in a really bad financial situation right now, given the fact that their players are going to have to take pay cuts. And the cap is down, too. So I guess I just want to start by asking you, what, what was your initial reaction to this news last night?
1: Well, you detailed a lot of points, and I generally agree with everything that's happened. Like in the past, last podcast, you know, uh, clearly the number one thing is the business side. Um, and it makes more sense business-wise to start with the December 22nd, holiday season, um, getting the 72 games but more importantly having it set up so that next season will be back to the normal timeline um and not conflict with other sports which could um dramatically affect like ratings um and then like um the the, the new new thing is in the incorporating the fans the 25 percent to 50 percent capacity yep. um So other leagues have already started incorporating um, fans. And uh, I do trust the NBA to keep a standard that is safe. Uh, They've done a great job at the bubble. And I think they'll be able to balance trying to make up for the financial losses, but also keeping everyone safe. So the season wouldn't have to be canceled halfway through. Um, So I'm excited. I'm excited to see basketball starting at a closer time, and also um, the NBA players. Like i said earlier, there are teams that haven't played basketball in months. Like who didn't who didn't get invited to the bubble? So starting the season earlier um, made more sense. And then also, like I believe it was Nick Nurse who was talking about like we've had like like I, like they've had plenty of rest. They're ready for the for yeah. December twenty second start so uh, we can't really sympathize with the players that much they've had plenty of rest um, so yeah and also in terms of um, the, the escrow of uh, player salaries again not very we're not very sympathetic towards. <laughs> they've made yeah. quite a bit of money you know so this is a necessary sacrifice but it's not even much of a sacrifice in the grand scheme of things um mm. and the league will bounce back i think the nba is probably one of the most profitable um leagues in the world and um i'm excited for basketball to start
0: yeah honestly just in terms of the escrow i i don't feel too bad about the players either although i will say i feel bad about the players that are making like minimum salaries or players that aren't making too much in like in um uh, in advertisements or endorsements because players like LeBron, Steph Curry, you know, KD, they don't, they don't really care because they're making more money off of their endorsements rather than their NBA contracts. So for the players that are making their, their main source of income is actually their contract and not endorsements. I feel bad for those players, but um, to your point about the fans, my question to the league is what they're going to do with um In terms of like screening, for example, are they going to be at the gates of the arenas taking temperatures of people like coming in, for example, are they going to be doing that? Because regardless of, um, you know, the situation, we're still in a global pandemic and there's still lots of like infections going on every day. I know in Europe, for example, you know, they've had to go on lockdown on several different places. So, opening up something like uh, fans coming to a sporting event, for example, is that going you know, to potentially, you know, raise infection rates in the United States? We don't really know, but well, I think the NBA needs to implement something that you know can prevent that. So, for example, making the fans wear masks coming into the arena, for example, and you know taking their temperatures coming in. Although I will say, just on a side note, I don't think necessarily the temperature checks at the gate would work in every case because, for example, they're like these outdoor malls, for example, in in Canada or in the United States. And, you know, like it's outdoors. So if it's cold outside and people are walking, you're not going to get like the real body temperature, right? So, you know, people coming in from outside the arena, Is it that going to have an accurate temperature check? I'm not sure. But regardless, the the league, like I said, they they are trying to find a way to do this right. And they need to have fans in the arena because a lot of the revenue that the NBA makes is from ticket sales. And Mm -hmm. that's like the biggest thing they need back besides from like TV sponsorships. So regardless, they, they have to figure out like some sort of way. Like, do you have any ideas of what they can do? To bring back fans safely.
1: Well, I'm w- currently in the United States. I, w- I was looking. I'm currently looking right now. Like I know that the MLS was the first league in uh, North America to uh, invite fans back to their stadiums. They had like 25 to 50 percent um, capacity. Um, and I'm trying to. And the NFL is another league that's been doing that as well. Yeah. Um, M- I'm MLB is girl. Well. Up- and they have but yes, so they have from what I have seen so far, it seems as each arena um, has their own policies in terms of um how much they let in mm-hmm. uh, and the, the the different policies the, the, certain states just have stricter guidelines than others um, in America um and for for example, with the Raptors, the Raptors situation is going to be extremely confusing because they, they don't even know where they're going to play. Right. Um, and when, wherever they do play, they're going to have to follow the guidelines of the state. Um, yeah. And there are, you know, I mean, we're not going to go on to a uh, rant about U.S. politics with one but just pr- briefly, it's like different governors have their different... Um, Different takes on the pandemic and how serious they take yeah. it. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I think they'll be fine. The only difference, though, uh, that needs to be pointed out is with basketball, the NBA, and the NBA they're going to be indoors. Yeah. While the NFL, MLS, and MLB are obviously out, more outdoors. So it's harder for. There to be a trans- uh transmission of the disease with um indoor it's gonna be easier for uh it to spread, so we'll see how it goes i I don't think it will they go to fifty percent I'm not a hundred percent sure at least right away. I think they'll start with a slow a low amount like twenty five percent and then slowly work their way up um I think what what I've seen with the other leagues is like they've spread it out so like each family has like a few seats between each other yeah so um we'll see what happens i do think that um though having the fans back in the game even if it's not at full capacity uh i can't i think we kind of missed the fan atmosphere like even though like it was the bubble was amazing and it was well run like having the fans there helping to create the atmosphere of the exciting moments of the sport um really elevates the experience for the fans watching at home
0: yeah, and it elevates the play of the players too, honestly. Like, there's the argument to be made that the players played hard in the bubble because there were no, like, fans really in the stands cheering. But it also, yeah. there also is that point to be made that a lot of players feed off the energy of the crowd, you know? Like, a team like the, the Raptors, for example, they have such a raucous home crowd. And in a playoff game, that, that really gets you going as a player. You know, even Demari Carroll, you know, a player who's formerly with the Raptors, even said um, during the Celtics-Raptors series that the series would have been different if there were fans because he he said as a player like the Raptors crowd spots at least five to ten points per game for the team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if those are like demari Carroll's points because he was probably not scoring in the time he was with the Raptors, but regardless, like that's that's a big part of the game. So well, it it. it it will be good to see the fans back in the arenas, but I, I also hope that they don't have fans courtside because I don't think they should have like fans too close to the players mm-hmm. when um you know this virus is still going around. Like you can wear a mask, you can say six feet apart, but they shouldn't be like courtside because that's still a little too close when the players are especially going out of bounds to uh, potentially save a possession.
1: Right, I yeah, I think it, they're going to implement something like that. I, the basketball, um, so far is like um, is the only sport really that has that that inter the that close interaction with the fans, like in yeah. terms of how close they are. Um, so I think they're probably going to have something where there's going to be a barrier of like a at least a few seats back. Um, or
0: they they could even do like you know you know in hockey arenas, for example, they have like those like glass. Oh, like no, no. They, Are they going to do shouldn't.
1: that? No, they shouldn't do that because um, there's been problems of players just like running. Uh, okay, like, yeah, yeah. At about, and that would just make it even more dangerous. Um, in terms, I want to go back to the fans for a second just because the, I guess that means the Raptors have a disadvantage going into the season because regardless of what they, where they play, they're not going to have the fan base of the Toronto Raptors. They're going to have like maybe curious fans of the city that are going to watch the games, but like they're not going to have the same passion like for example if i if i were i mean like think about it like if you okay not, let's say we're in toronto and an nfl team has to suddenly play in toronto
0: buffalo the, for example buffalo Bills. Yeah,
1: but they're not going we're not going to support them like like, the Buffalo, like, fan base, right? Because that's not our city, our team. We could, like, be excited maybe th- for the fact that, like, the sport is being played in our city, you know? Yeah. And potentially be like, oh, this is what it could be like if we were to have a team, but that's not our team. And so for a team like a city like Kansas City, which is one of the rumored places that they might go to, um, I can't imagine the atmosphere being that great. And that's going to suck for the Raptors. Um, I think –
0: the important thing about the Raptors, like, or the fans that, you know, have the pleasure of seeing the Raptors play, whatever, whatever city it is, because I've also heard, like, you know, Newark, New Jersey, for example, was one place I've heard. So there, there's, like, so. I also heard Florida, actually, like Tampa or something like that. Uh, oh, but boy. What, whatever, like, happens or wherever the Raptors play, If it's, like, the fans that are important, I think it's important to choose a city that doesn't have an NBA franchise because that's, like, the only way you can really get people curious about the the game, for example, or the team, and then people will show out and, you know, they'll support the team. But
1: It can't be New Jersey then because that'd be three three cities in, like, the New York area.
0: (laughs) And honestly, it's looking more like the Raptors might play in New Jersey just because – the, the league is trying to do this like in-market thing, so they're not doing a bubble, obviously. So instead of doing a bubble, what they're doing is they're playing games in markets. So if the Raptors play in New Jersey, it makes it more accessible for other teams to play their Atlantic schedule, for example. So they're going to change up the, um, the road trips, where, you know, in baseball, for example, they play a series in, in a certain city. So, for example, the Blue Jays go over to Boston to play their series against the Red Sox, and then those are all their games they're going to play against Boston in the regular season. They're going to do a similar thing in the NBA where, for example, the Lakers are going to go over to the East Coast to play against all the Atlantic teams. So that's the Raptors, the, the Knicks, the Nets, the Celtics, mm-hmm. and the Philadelphia 76ers. So they're trying to keep it like in market. So I feel wherever the Raptors are going to be, they're probably going to be close to the Atlantic teams just to keep the scheduling very consistent so, yeah. the, you know, the teams don't have to travel around too far. And that also, you know, limits the possibility of transmission of COVID. So, so mm-hmm. there's definitely like a lot of factors in play. But if I, if I had to put money on it, it's prob- the Raptors are probably going to end up somewhere near the New York, Philadelphia, you know, New Hampshire area, just not sure where exactly.
1: I mean, I'm just like thinking of like the New York City states, uh, cities around, and like, I don't know, I'm against again New Jersey just because, like, that is such a like, they got the Knicks. I mean, we, the, I'm sure we probably invite get some Knicks fans because they're in their teams. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but it's the Brooklyn Nets that I'm like, like, yeah, there's a like the Nets have, uh, obviously, a very, they're a very good team, a contending team. Um, I'm just throwing this city out there because I'm just thinking like, would it be cool to have like, uh, to play in Pittsburgh? That would be pretty cool. Pittsburgh has
0: some good fans, man.
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh has a good fan base. Um, And, you know, we're kind of rivals with the Philadelphia 76ers. So like that battle of Pennsylvania. Uh, I don't know. What other places would you like to see the Raptors play? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Honestly... Yeah, uh,
0: Pittsburgh you, like you brought up Pittsburgh I think that's a pretty good idea because uh that 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 Pennsylvania rivalry would be pretty cool and it would also be funny just to put Kyle Lowry in Pittsburgh cuz Oh
1: yeah. He's I'm pretty sure it. he
0: doesn't like the Steelers. So that would be pretty funny. But um honestly I I'm I'm okay with them playing in Newark, New Jersey cuz I think there are a lot of New Jersey Nets fans that aren't necessarily fans of uh Brooklyn like, you know, the team moving to Brooklyn, I feel like there's, there's some New Jersey Net fans out there. So it would be funny to get the Raptors to play in New Jersey just because, you know, we were rivals with New Jersey for so long, mm-hmm. you know, with like Vince Carter coming into New Jersey and then us battling in the playoffs. So I think that would be pretty cool too. But I think regardless of what happens, I just want to see the Raptors go somewhere where they're going to be appreciated because they're definitely going to be missed here in Toronto. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the the fans thing in Toronto, that's that's like a whole other thing. We can't have no. Jurassic Park
1: for no like super fan.
0: forever. We're probably going to see Jurassic Park again in like 2021 or 2022. Who knows? And mm-hmm. we're obviously – I don't think the Canadian or Ontario government would allow such a big group of people in an arena. So I don't think that's likely either, even if the Raptors could play their home games here. so no,
1: they, can't. they can't. Yeah,
0: so that's, that's why wherever they land, I just want the fans at whatever city to appreciate them because, you know, the Raptors are a model franchise for the league and they definitely deserve the support. So I, I'll be okay with wherever they land, to be honest. And um, yeah, so we got to move on to a little more news around the NBA. Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday has been made available in trade talks. So the Pelicans are openly shopping him to get some um, potential, like, you know, young players or some picks. Mm-hmm. I've heard rumors of Brooklyn might be a landing spot for him. The, like the proposed trader, not the proposed trade, but the hypothetical would be Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, it was Spencer Dinwiddie and someone else it might've been, uh, it wasn't Jared Allen, mm-hmm. but there was like a move and it, it didn't include a, uh, What's his Karis name? Well, Karis, yeah, it didn't include Karis LeVert. So, mm. I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of um, talk around the league. And obviously, a guy like Holiday is going to be very coveted because he's a yeah. two-way guard, plays good defense, and he can shoot it a little bit. So, yeah. like I don't know. Where do you see him like landing, potentially?
1: You mentioned Brooklyn. I If I'm Brooklyn, I, I'm keeping LeVert. Sorry, sorry, I'm keeping Dimwitty because you have him as the backup uh, point guard. Um, and it's good to have because, you know, um, especially with, first of all, like when you think about, I think that some players are going to be playing uh, low, man- doing some low management. So having at least someone who can be the facilitator, Dimwitty would be that perfect guy off the bench. And um, you can sell a vert. While he's kind of at his high, he had a very good playoff series, uh, with the Raptors against the Raptors. Um, a Drew Holiday swap could work, um, maybe because I think it works out for both sides. Because uh, Drew Holiday is more of a veteran who's one of the most underrated guards, I think you would agree with that. Yeah, um, he would bring that defense, I think. Uh, like uh, just the ima- imagining a Kyrie Drew Holiday backward would be is exciting cuz you know Kyrie's not obviously the most defensive player um, Drew Holiday can take the tougher assignments um, and it would re- uh, relieve some of that pressure uh, for the other players uh, with the Pelicans though shopping Drew Holiday um, I'm not su- I don't I'm not sure like that's the the best move I personally think that Drew Holiday should be a part of the future of the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans are not far away from being a pretty good team, but at the same time, you know, Stan Van Gunny's vision is a little, uh, different. Um, right. like, like I, the, what I, the way I view the team is the way is different from the way he views the team because he's also looking at shopping Lonzo ball, um, and that's because Lonzo Ball is not the type of point guard that he usually works with. Stan Van Gundy has a um, even though i mentioned about how he is general, he seems like more of like an open-minded coach these days especially with his work as a commentator. Uh at the same time like he it looks like he's still implementing some 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 old uh Some of his old schemes that he's uh, because he's not he's looking for more of a traditional point guard, which is why he's shopping Lonzo and then obviously now shopping Drew Holiday. That team is confusing to me because I don't know what direction they're going towards. Are they trying to be a playoff team next year, or are they still? Do they still think that they're a rebuilding team? Well, I I think
0: I think it was answered with uh, them shopping Holiday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's he's on his like last year of his deal unless he opts into his option in 2021-22. Mm-hmm. And I think the Pelicans, they're really just trying to open up some cap space to potentially make a move in a future free agency or trade. And I don't think Holiday really fits with their timeline just because he's already 30 years old. He's going to be 31 potentially by the time his player option you yeah. know, ends if he opts in. So... He just doesn't fit in with their timeline in terms of, you know, Zion Williamson, Lonzo, even Brendan Ingram, he's still pretty young. So I think they're trying to get younger. They still want to like compete. But I, I don't necessarily think they're in like full contention mode yet, although I think they should be trying to acquire somebody, because there's this uh, idea that if you have a really good player on a rookie scale contract, and there's That's only what I'm like there's only a few of them in the league, right? There's Trey Young, Luka Doncic, and mm. probably Zion too. The, those are like the three best players right now on a rookie scale contract. If you're one of those teams, you need to push for like contention right now.
1: That's what I'm saying. Cause this team is a young, exciting team. Um, and when Zion the moments that he 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 did play, like that team was a very good pretty good team. Yeah, they um, were
0: they were gonna be at least like sub five hundred. If Zion like played like in the games he played,
1: absolutely, absolutely. So they're I guess they but I guess they're not taking that approach. You know, I see the excitement of the team because Ingram's an Ingram's an All Star, Um, and then you got Zion. I mean, again, the direction. I'm not. I'm a. I'm still a fan of Lonzo Ball, but the fact that they're trading him, I don't know. But if they are going to, like I said, like take go more on like the maybe not rebuilding but like retooling. And like mm-hmm. getting rid of a guy like uh, Drew Holiday, a team that I've heard for at the at least a year is uh, the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, um, Gary Harris, and maybe like a picker or a, like another young player or something. Of I that think guy. I heard
0: Gary Harris, Ball Ball. Um, I don't think they would move Porter Junior.
1: Who Ball Ball on the Pelicans? Like Dude, that's Bull, just a...
0: Ball Ball is like the biggest question mark. He's even like I, a bigger question mark than you deny on, to be honest.
1: Yeah, but I know I of course, like they're very like high risk but potentially high reward players. Just cause like they're just freakish athletes or like Bobo's, Bull like freakish length and like that would just be if they both like reached their like you know actual potentials, like that'd just be such an exciting uh <laughs> team to watch in terms of athleticism, just like pure dominance it'd be imagine imagine
0: this imagine this bull bull like you know he tightens up his handle he's uh bringing the ball up the court he gets a screen from zion and throws a lob to him like that would be so fucking like insane to watch just seeing like a (laughs) 7-2 guy do that but again we don't really know what's zion or what bull bull's full potential is really he's a 7-2 like small forward right now basically Not
1: afraid to shoot for a guy like uh,
0: (laughs) definitely not afraid to shoot, but I'm definitely afraid for his health because he, he, I don't know, man. He's he's a pretty young guy and he's already like sitting there on the court after games with like, like bags of ice all over his legs. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty concerning. But that's probably the player they'd want to get from from uh, Denver and for the Nuggets if it's not Porter Jr.
1: Yeah, and then for the Nuggets case, like that Drew Holiday would be a big piece uh, in terms of like he would. I think that that for Jamal Murray, Drew Holiday backward, it would be amazing, especially with we've seen how, we've truly seen what Jamal Murray is capable of now. Yeah. So, and Denver, like, and the scary thing about Denver is they're still a very young team, but they are like knocking on the door. Like, I, like they made it to the Western Conference Finals. I could see them putting even more of a – and being a, a finalist candidate for the West because they are a very deep team. Michael Porter Jr., hoping that he stays healthy, is only going to get better. Jokic is going to be Jokic. Drew Holiday could be that final piece for them. You
0: know? Yeah, and I think the big thing with Holiday too is he's going to be the player that they expected Gary Harris to be at the two-guard position. Absolutely. A couple of years ago, Gary Harris's trajectory was going to be like along a side, like al- along the lines of a player like Drew Holiday. They wanted him to be like a defensive guard that can shoot the three, and Drew Holiday is that right now. And for whatever reason, it like Gary Harris he's still a good player, but his shot hasn't necessarily been the best over the past couple of years. So to upgrade to a guy like Drew Holiday. I think that's a great move for the Nuggets that are really trying to win right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um so I see them as an option. Uh, has there do you think there what other teams do you think that Drew Holiday could be traded to? I'm trying to think myself I, I of some of the rumors cuz he's a he's a valuable commodity uh in terms yeah. of what he can bring. Um
0: I think potentially the Bucks might be trying to make a move for him right now. The Bucks mm-hmm. are in a lot of trade talks with other players too. Like for example, they're trying to eye Oladipo. They're trying to mm-hmm. eye um, Harrison Barnes, for example. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of players that could potentially help them out. There's a lot of players that probably wouldn't make a difference on that roster. But if it's one player that could make a difference, it might be Drew Holiday. And just mm-hmm. because, I think, if like for example, if you move Bledsoe for for uh, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is a little more of a reliable option, although granted the Pelicans are not going to take back just Drew Holiday for, or sorry, Eric Bledsoe for Drew Holiday because that's a terrible trade for them. But um, Drew Holiday is more reliable for sure than a guy like Eric Bledsoe. So that would be an upgrade in that sense. And they're just really looking for a high-impact guard really in Milwaukee because I've also heard they're trying to target Chris Paul. They're trying to target Kyle Lowry. They need a dynamic guy at the point guard position that can really take the pressure a little bit off of Giannis and also, you know, be tenacious as a defender, be a playmaker. So that that's what they really need in Milwaukee. I think in order to succeed, it's just, I think their hands are tied in terms of their assets. Like they don't really have too much they can give up. You-
1: that's what I'm thinking. Who are they going to trade for these players?
0: Like they have Dante DiVincenzo, who's a young, young player. He's pretty good. Yeah. They have a – I believe they have an Indiana first-round pick, but it's conditional. I think it's protected in the lottery. So that could potentially be something that Milwaukee moves. But mm-hmm. aside from that, they don't really have much left they can move in terms of young assets. So it'll, it'll be hard for them to find a trading partner or at least a player that can help them out. You know, if the Kings, if they hear a call from the Milwaukee Bucks that they want Harrison Barnes, if I'm the Kings, I'm sending him off because Harrison Barnes has not been good in Sacramento at all. And he's on that massive deal that the Mavericks signed him on a couple of years ago. So if if the Bucks make a move for Harrison Barnes, it, it might be dunzo for... Giannis in Milwaukee because that's not going to do shit for them.
1: Nah, I I think they'd be praying for like a like a Golden State Warriors version of Paris and barnes and Yeah, he was just an, he was just an effective role player, but maybe that's what they need. I don't know because it's just this team is confusing. Uh, if we're talking about the Bucks, um, and Chris Middleton, like he's the guy who like they like, a big part of like for example losing Brogdon uh Nassis in the off season. like he he's a key point part of their team yet he's been disappointing in the past few playoffs. So it, it, I you know if I'm the Bucks personally I would see if I could trade uh, uh Middleton and get some assets off that cuz that's that is your second most valuable asset behind obviously Giannis himself.
0: So, yeah.
1: And the Bucks like they need they like, they're in desperate times like they need to give Giannis a reason to stay. So the, if if your management, you have a lot of pressure to make sure you guys win the championship this year.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I don't think it's so much winning a championship. I think it's just they need to make the finals. They need to do that at least at the bare minimum. And even that might not be enough. But that's what I'm saying. They just gotta they gotta make moves because at this point at the team that's constructed currently. And also I will say with the current coach, I don't think they're good enough to win just because it's been proven time and time again. I, I don't know why, but I'm just the biggest Mike Budenholzer critic. I in like the, probably, I don't know. I don't know anybody that criticizes him more than me. Cause he's a good coach in the regular season though. He's never proven to be a good coach in the, in the playoffs where it matters because he gets swept by, you know, LeBron James for example when the Hawks had the best record in the East and then you know they have the best record again in uh, 2018-19 and then they get they lose four straight games in the Eastern Conference Finals after g- going up two nothing you know that that's that's two strikes and then this yeah. year they they blow the lead against or did, did, they didn't have a lead they didn't have a lead against Miami at all they almost got swept
1: that's yeah, terrible
0: Absolutely. And but that that just – there's one thing to be said that's, you know, he doesn't have the right personnel. But they win so much in the regular season. And when it comes to playoff time, that's when you make adjustments because you're playing a seven-game series and you're seeing the same team in front of you. You need to make adjustments in order to win. And Mike Budenholzer hasn't shown the ability to do that.
1: Right. That's on management because, you know – i mean with the raptors like they had an even worse situation in terms of like they had a coach who won the coach of the year and they still fired him because they realized he wasn't the right coach for the team yeah mike Boldenholzer, like his playoff track record you know that should like two two playoffs in a row failed in the playoffs failed to make the adjustments fail like um failed to meet expectations of this team. Like how many times have the Bucks been talked about like uh, title contenders all year, like always the number one team, always the projected, you know, and they've been disappointing the past two years. So if your management, if you, if you really care about keeping Giannis, you make some big drastic changes. And that's, I guess that's the difference between uh, good management and bad management must like a guy like Masai. He's, he's, he's open to making those big, big, decisions and with the the Bucks they I think they blew I agree with you a hundred percent they blew it with not uh firing Mike Bootenholzer um I think even more this year than last year just because they didn't even make it to the conference finals
0: yeah this year was by far way more of a disappointment for Milwaukee than last year because last year you know they could say well you know Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors had put up a wall it just shut him down but this year I don't think the excuses are very valid anymore because we saw what basketball was effective against this team and you know Giannis and the Bucs they had a whole offseason to really prepare for this style of defense that they struggled the against. yeah so you know it just goes to show like you know hats off to the Heat obviously because they executed the game plan like even better than the Raptors did last year number one but the big thing is that they didn't adapt to it at all. You know, Giannis couldn't really break that defense, for one. And number two, you know, like I said, Budenholzer just didn't make the adjustments. And that's, yeah, like you were saying, honestly, that's the difference between good management and bad management because the good, good management isn't afraid to make those risks, take those risks, and, you know, fire a coach of the year like Budenholzer, like Dwayne Casey. You really need the right guy behind your bench in order for your team to win. And they, they missed out on firing him a couple of years ago, honestly. I think they should have fired him after the Raptors blunder. Maybe Even if that's too early, they should have fired him after Miami. Because at this point, it's a little bit too late. And Giannis is also starting to have problems with Budenholzer too. Just in terms of his uh, minutes in the playoffs, for example. You got Budenholzer saying, well, Giannis's limit is like 33, 35 minutes. And then Giannis is saying, I could play more. So that's clearly – there's a divide there. There's some sort of tension. So, honestly, I'm thinking Giannis is out of here because – all all just because of this uh, coaching debacle. The Bucks not signing Brogdon back. You know, that, that was a big one. So we, we, we're we hearing some reports here that uh, the Bucs – or the Giannis Kumpo is a potentially out of, you know, th- he's going to make his way out of the team. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the reports you're hearing? Like, I, I think it was Zach Lowe that said... Uh,
1: yeah, he was talking about uh, the Mavericks, the Heat, and then now the Raptors uh, are emerging as potential suitors. I mean, we've heard about the Raptors connection for a while, and we've made our case, whether it's the Maasai connection um, an yeah. in International City. Uh, with what Zach, Zach was talking about, how um, the Raptors, you know, they can re-sign, they got to resign sign Fred Benfleet. Uh They got to re-sign Serge Ibaka, which would most likely have to be a one-year deal. Um, and then they got to figure out what they're going to do with OJ and Nobi in terms of extension and Norman Powell and his 11.6 player option. Yeah. So, With those things in mind, Um, the Raptors do have some flexibility, maybe not as flexible as a team like Miami, but Zach Lowe is just saying that they're just one move away from making that space for Giannis. And generally, it's, it's on the case of Masai to make the decision about whether well, first of all, if Maasai stays at the Raptors, that's another conversation itself because there's still, it's still up in the air whether he, he's going to continue being in Toronto for a long, long term. And again, okay. the success of the Raptors are dependent on Maasai's future. But assuming Maasai does stay, um, whether Maasai is willing to sacrifice his core a little bit to make a big move. Now, he's proven in the past that he he is capable of doing that. I mean, the DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard trade is obviously a big example, but then also he's, he's also careful to necessarily not do that with the potential of that Paul George and Russell Westbrook trade to Toronto being canceled. Yeah. Um, So it's it's the decision on the decision for Masai to make about whether Giannis is worth that investment of like losing a core player. Cause like, for example, like, especially with the Terrence Davis situation, I've, that just makes Norman Powell even less expendable. Mm, um, interesting, yeah. Because I Because I was thinking in terms of salary cap, like I love Norman Powell, but if Terrence Davis develops to his role, that can be an option. And if we need to shed salary, uh, Norman Powell is that expendable player, but now I don't think he's as expendable. Yeah, um, and
0: just like on an update on Terrence Davis, the Raptors did bring out a statement that they're – Waiting for the investigation to proceed. Yeah. I imagine that the Raptors, they're probably not going to cut him at this point because if they were going to cut him, they would have cut him like sooner. Right. It wouldn't make sense for them to cut him like after all of this. It seems like the direction they're going is to potentially move Terrence Davis in a trade. So that, yeah, that just makes Norman Powell less expendable. But I do think there are some players the Raptors can select in the draft that could potentially fill that role. Mm-hmm. And we can definitely talk about that on another episode. But, yeah. yeah, honestly, I think it makes sense that Serge signs a one-year deal in Toronto just because he is getting up there in age. But at the same time, he's still playing really good basketball. He's still in, almost in, like, the tail end of his prime. But Yeah. He's also a player that does make a lot more money on endorsements. He has a lot of like fashion endorsements, lifestyle endorsements. You know, yeah. he's got his cooking show. So he's not necessarily a player that's looking for a long term deal, in my opinion. He can he has the flexibility like financially to take a short term deal and then see what happens after that. So it does make sense that Serge comes back on a one year deal, maybe in like the, I don't know, twenty two to, it could be a big deal like a big contract, but just for one year, just so the Raptors have that f- financial flexibility for the future. But yeah, moving on, we just have to talk about one more segment. We're bringing back daps or that's cap. So basically if you're not familiar with this segment, we just uh, bring up some NBA like statements or NBA, uh, something that someone said around the NBA. And we basically, either we agree with it or we disagree with it. So, you know, DAPS, we agree with it. Cap, that's CAP, we don't agree. So, real quickly, Shaquille O'Neal, he made a a little bit of um, a debate, I guess, around NBA lore and NBA analysts and, and fans. He basically posted this picture on Instagram, and he said, nobody's beating this team in a seven-game series, and... His lineup that he had was Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Shaquille O'Neal. So mm. the way people were really, I guess, discussing this debate is there there are teams that could potentially win, but you can't put any of these players on the team that's going to play against them, obviously. So all these players are off the board in terms of players you put on your team to potentially play them. So... Uh, are you giving Shaq daps for this team? Like, is no one going to beat it or are you just going to call cap on that?
1: So he's saying all time. So any generation like in, a, in
0: a seven game series, I guess any generation, anything goes, nobody's beating this team in a seven game series is what he's saying.
1: So with this team, I see five players, all ball dominant players. Yes. Who's taking the final shot? Um, and LeBron. They...
0: LeBron, LeBron will definitely defer in that situation 100%. It's he, not okay. like a knock on LeBron, it's just that I think that's what LeBron would do.
1: Well, I mean, I'm looking at this team, this even act like a point guard, like he, he's a scorer first. So, LeBron James. Even though he's listed in the four spot, is the the point guard in this in this lineup for sure? Yeah. Um. Well, then, if I mean, in terms of like who takes the final shot, Kobe or MJ, or if you need like a if it's a mismatch at the post, you have Shaq. AI, AI is just like the. I understand he's. One of the most like skillful players in we've seen in history uh, in terms of ball handling and uh, taking some tough shots, yeah uh, high volume shots. I don't know if he this is the best team because I think that you know there's been other players throughout history. I mean, we just did a draft, so we 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 have a little more of an understanding in recent days of like yeah. some of the more dominant players in several leagues. I just, it, it, this team is it, it's dependent on whether they can manage their egos. You know? Yeah. That's I the big so. thing. And if certain players are willing to sacrifice their game. Uh, I do believe that Kobe would also potentially defer because he is an underrated playmaker himself. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a team guy in terms of wanting to make sure do, do what's best for the team. So I could see Kobe do that. Uh, Kobe, MJ, and Shaq though I mean Kobe and Shaq had a little, th- little thing Imagine adding MJ to that mix Oh geez and I don't I mean, know it's, it's hard to say What do you think? Honestly
0: I'm saying he, I think he's capping Honestly Because If you think about it From a basketball perspective I think the weakest link on this team Is Allen Iverson Like no disrespect yeah, to AI sure. he's, he's a legend One of the most influential players In league history Mm-hmm. You know, we, Our league would be significantly different culturally if Allen Iverson wasn't you know, in the league at the time he was. But just in terms of basketball, he's the weakest link here because he's not a plus defender. So if, if I'm trying to put together a team that's going to potentially win against this, I'm, I'm going to select someone that's going to be a mismatch against him or force a switch. So I think the first guy I'm picking on my team is probably Magic Johnson just cuz he's 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 so big right he's 69 yeah. and then he's going to also you know playmake he can operate in the post so magic johnson number 1 at my two guard that that's a little bit more i guess harder to pick because you need someone that's going to match up against kobe and that that's hard because there's not a lot of players that could do that in this league in league history honestly Mm -hmm. Like if I had to pick someone off the top of my head and again, our draft, we did do an all-time fantasy draft. If you missed that, it was only like two episodes ago. But if I had to think off the top of my head, I might be choosing a prime Dwayne Wade to go up against Kobe because Mm -hmm. prime Dwayne Wade was the the real deal defensively and offensively. I don't know. And then the three guard MJ, Maybe maybe you pick Larry Bird because Larry Bird was a very good defender and a good shooter, good playmaker too. At the four position, LeBron James is going to be a mismatch there most likely, but you can probably trust a guy like Tim Duncan to be your power forward just because he's the best power forward of all time. And then center, you know, Kareem. Oh, and I also forgot about Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. I, I noticed that a lot of people on Instagram, on Twitter, were putting Steph Curry and uh, Kevin Durant on their teams so those are those are another two guys that you could potentially slot in there
1: well that's what I was thinking because Steph Curry has to be I would put Steph Curry for sure at um, the point guard uh, you mentioned uh, Magic Johnson and obviously you can't really go wrong with that pick per se but I just think that uh, Steph Curry is just the heart one of the hardest players to guard in history just of how the way he plays yeah and well, first of all, with this this team that's up here, at the very least, other than I guess AI, this is a very pretty good defensive team. I think that Kobe is underrated as a defensive guard. Yeah, um, for sure. When he, he's when he's in his, like in a serious set, like uh, they need a the defensive stop. Kobe can get that stuff for you. Um, though I do generally agree with a lot of the players that he put. I, I mean, Tim Duncan, um, Sh- Shaq. It's hard to contain Shaq. You can you, you can do your best with like uh, some the players that you mentioned. Kareem was a good pick to have. Hakeem, um, Bill Russell. Yeah. Those are the obviously the guys you would go to with that. Uh, yeah, Kevin Durant's also a player that you could definitely implement. Actually, if anything, um, I might I'll go
0: KD over over Wade. Honestly, just or, for his shooting and defense.
1: Yeah. Well, then, like, then that's a very tall lineup, you know. So unless, so you, unless you're putting it, like, are you gonna keep Magic Johnson then for Steph Curry? Uh, he, he
0: I think I would switch out for Steph Curry. So, because AI and Steph Curry, they they can really like neutral. They're not really gonna play I, good defense I
1: think, anyway. Uh, is this a hot take or not? But I'm I'm saying Curry is better than Allen Iverson.
0: It's it's not a hot take. Definitely nah, not. I think some people will get mad because, you know, some people hold These Allen devices. Iverson in very high, like, esteem. But yeah, if you think about, it, like, career-wise and just e- even impact on the game, as yeah. much as Allen Iverson has done, Steph Curry is, like, leaps and bounds. The reason why we're all shooting, like, the league is shooting threes today is because of Steph Curry. So, yeah, yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's a hot take.
1: Nah, then okay. So then you with you you would replace him with Dwayne with Wade. Magic. So that's Curry. Sorry, Curry with Magic, and then you want to replace Durant with uh, Wade. Dwayne Wade. So so then, I've got Curry, Durant. Honestly, Durant maybe two?
0: maybe Durant could be the four on this team.
1: See, that's what I'm thinking. But then Tim Duncan, where does Tim Duncan play?
0: Tim Duncan might be getting the boot. Honestly. Because Tim Duncan, as good as he is, he's not guarding LeBron in isolation.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. And Kevin Durant... Someone to match up on
0: the perimeter.
1: So then, and you want to keep Larry Bird, and then you would have... Who What? would the shooting hard then?
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe you put Kawhi? I'm not sure.
1: So, okay. So you... Well, I... Because you you you're are are you keeping Dwayne Wade
0: then? Dwayne Wade might be getting the boot, but you know, just like all this, like internal, I guess. Uh,
1: I don't know. It's a tough one.
0: I don't know. This it's tough. I think, I think Shaq is making a good point here because, um, regardless of what you what teams you put together, it's really hard to put together put a team together that will potentially beat. You know, it has two of the best three players of all time already in LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Got Kobe Bryant, who's basically a Michael Jordan clone almost. And then you got Allen Iverson, who's the weak link of the team, but he's still a great player. And then you got the most dominant center of all time in Shaq, who I think we can agree that no one in any era can really, can, can truly like negate him just when he's at his peak powers. So, you know, I think I'm going to give to Shaq for this statement because,
1: he switched it. <laughs>
0: honestly, I was gonna say he's capping, but after like going through all the scenarios and thinking about who to put a plug in, it, it's tough. It's tough. This it's a good team, but I don't think it's the best team. Like there, there's definitely a team out there that could potentially beat this, and it's just on like chemistry issues and you know who's gonna control the ball most of the time there's a, there's a history of like you know superstar teams that, put like lose because the chemistry is bad. So I, mean,
1: the, the, the that, I mean, an example. I mean, an example that is even like Team USA, even though they do win gold medals, like it's there is a challenge in managing egos in people, players having to sacrifice their game. Players who usually um, are used to taking that final shot, um, they. Um, they end up not doing that. I mean, I think about, like, even, like, during the Olympics, uh, Beijing – the Beijing Olympics stands up to me for their battle against Spain. A team with LeBron, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, it was just a very stacked team, but they're going head-to-head with a Spain team, you know? Like, yeah. on paper, you would think that that would dominate, but it's just Spain's chemistry was unreal versus USA. It was, like, tough. To manage the egos, but they 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 eventually were able to do that. But it's just like that's the thing with egos. So this team that you, uh, Shaq is implementing, like talent-wise, like of course and track record, they're going to be the best. But it, it, chemistry plays a big role in how effective a certain lineup can work. So yeah, that's and why
0: I, to like go further on that point, like not even just Beijing. You can even look at the two thousand four. U.S. team for the Olympics in Athens, they they got the bronze medal in that year, and they lost in the semifinals to an Argentina team that had just better chemistry overall. Yeah, this USA roster had guys like Iverson, Carmelo, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, Amari Stoudemire, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, those are like the standouts. Like Sean Marion, they they had a lot of good players on that team, but they just lost because you know the egos weren't right, and there's some players on there that could potentially you could point out as like chemistry issues there, like Stefan Marbury and Allen Iverson. I don't know if that's the best combo there. And yeah, like you could just point it out to that because chemistry is a big part of the game. And it, it shows when these, when teams play in the Olympics, because a lot of these like international teams, like Argentina, Spain, they have such great chemistry playing together. And it's not always about talent. It's also about your fit on the court and, you know, t- teammates willing to defer and play the game the right way. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot to be said about that. But moving on to our last segment, we just got to talk a little bit about some new uniforms out for the league. Mm. So over the last couple of weeks, there have been a bunch of jerseys that have leaked just on, on social media. So we're just going to go a couple go over a couple over here. Uh, I think we can start out with the Raptors City jerseys. I think everybody was expecting these to leak at some point, but they're just in the typical OVO yeah. fashion with a uh, black and gold this year instead of white, which they did this previous season. Uh, these jerseys aren't too bad. I mean, the OVO jerseys are what they are every year, basically, just with like a couple of retools. They did, um, I think they did the throwback script font on the Toronto yeah. here. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that, but honestly, it's, it's okay. I'm not really too high or low on this Jersey. Like, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm going to have the biases cause I, I obviously love the, the color, the oboe color scheme. Uh, it's just, the picture that I'm looking at right now that we, that he sent me, um, the John sent me is it's hard to, see, I, I'm trying to see, um, what like the, the tag is covering that that left corner of the jersey uh i've heard rumor well not rumors but i've heard that like obo is going to take over um what is it sunrise uh sunlight financial like their spot their old oh, sponsorship. The sponsorship for that jersey so o- obo labeling has been on their practice jerseys but um they, it hasn't been on the nba jerseys yet and if they're able to get the OVO, the official OVO sponsorship, we would yeah. we would be the coolest, like, uh, we would have the coolest jerseys in the league just based on that alone, just to have the OVO sponsorship when there are uh, teams like the Clippers and sponsorship with Bumble. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, that, that OVO owl on the jersey, that would be hard.
1: It is hard. Even the practice jersey itself—it just, it just looks hard. Like the fact that we have the Obiel logo, because so, Ovio is obviously one of the—I'd say—the coolest brands in the world at this moment, just with how big Drake is in the world. So, but even the color scheme of this—the uh, city jerseys—can't go wrong with them. Having that old school Toronto um, name. There's there was there was a period of time uh, for Raptors fans because they were like kind of annoyed the fact with the fact that Toronto wasn't on. The front side of a jersey for a while. Yeah. I mean they they've had like uh, they've had the Raptors and then they had like um, what was it the North or what what did they put? on yeah, the Yeah,
0: on the Chevron jerseys they wore in the championship game they had North on it.
1: Right, and some people uh, some people are like oh we are not a fan of that because they wanted to implement the Toronto part of the team. So it's good. To, I, I yeah can't go around these city jerseys.
0: Yeah, and just to go on the city theme, we also got the Oakland, or the, I shouldn't say Oakland, I should say Golden State Warriors bringing on an Oakland theme with their mm-hmm. jerseys. They've, they're they bringing back the, you know, classic We Believe scheme, a yeah. jersey scheme, but they just put Oakland on it to uh, pay homage to their old home. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of these jerseys too. They're just like pretty nostalgic to me because I remember watching like Baron Davis Exactly. you know, Monte Ellis and Steven Jackson, those guys battle it out in the playoffs against the Mavericks. These jerseys are just really, I guess, uh, iconic for that team. And they're pretty good too. I mean, Curry wore these jerseys when he was in uh, Golden State in his rookie year. So I don't think that it's a good bring back in my opinion.
1: Yeah, these are clean. Absolutely clean. You're right. I instantly think of Baron Davis and um, uh, Matele's Oracle Arena. Yeah, yeah, it looks really nice.
0: Yeah, and those jerseys are pretty cool, but um, there's this also this big post by Hoopsmart in uh, Instagram, and they posted a bunch of the jerseys. So they had the Warriors one. The Lakers one over there was pretty cool because they're bringing back the uh, blue and white scheme that they had in the 60s. I believe mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Wesson, Elgin Baylor... Were the players that were probably the most famous to wear this jersey, but now their scheme is a little bit lighter. I know the classics used to be like a darker blue, but now they're bringing on this like light blue with a white as the primary. I'm honestly a big fan of this jersey just because I think whenever the Lakers do blue, it just looks really good because it's not the regular purple, white, and gold. Hmm. Like what? What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's icy. I think it's cold in terms of like, uh, right. It's a little different from the the typical purple and gold. It's a little. Di- it's a little different, but they still have the iconic Lakers logo.
0: Yeah, and that that's like the so key yeah, thing. They, that, that they always lot. keep that Lakers font consistent, yeah. just because it's their iconic, um, I guess, indicator. And n- onto the next slide, it was. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, they're bringing back a little bit of their, um, well, I forgot what it, was, what it was, but they had a lot of jerseys in, in the 90s that had this uh, teal color scheme. And they're bringing that back a little bit, but they're still keeping the black and white as the primaries on this. And they just add a little pink and orange. Honestly, these jerseys aren't that offensive to me. I think it's, it's pretty nice. It's not terrible. It's not like too great to me.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but like and maybe I'm completely off base and wrong with this, but it does just remind me of Texas. This that colors, those like colors. I don't know yeah. how to
0: explain it. It's it's Because like, the Spurs are like the Alamo Bay. And like they have a pretty big like Hispanic culture there. Yeah, so I can like see it. a little bit of the ties there. Like you can see at the bottom there's like a little pattern. There's like a little mm-hmm. bar there with a pattern. Yeah, and, I see that. And the font is a little bit uh well. Eh, the font's just in like a little bit of a cursive. And you can see the spur is still there on the eye. So I think that's a pretty cool touch. But honestly, I think these jerseys are all right. I think the ones that are really good are actually the, the Dallas ones. The Dallas ones I'm a big fan of because uh, mm. it's not the typical white. And like, you know, they, their primary colors are like white, blue, and green. Sometimes the green was their alternate. But now they're just bringing this white and gold and gray. And I, I think this is a great move for them because I, I, I like teams bringing gold. Gold is like a good color to me.
1: I do like the gold color. I like gold as a color, but I don't know. I'm a big fan of just like the jerseys that they have. Like I, I, the color scheme that they had, like the like the blue that they had, and it was just not not the like the. Which jerseys were they give me one second it's not there, the traditional. Well, are you talking
0: about like the ones with the neon green
1: yeah you know why I like that uh that uh, color scheme was it just seemed it, it looked like a um, it kind of matched the theme of the team uh, the the team in terms of uh like a young new excited, school yeah new like school. Ur-
0: kind of urban
1: I really like those jerseys like i almost i'm I'm considering. Yeah, I see it right now. Like, it's a green, neon green and, uh, like, blue mix. It looks really sick. So, uh, that that those are my favorite jerseys. The white and gold uh, look, it just, it's not bad, but it's just, I don't know. Not my favorite jerseys. Not a big fan.
0: Yeah. And I guess just to close it out, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the Raptors' new jerseys in, in general. Like, their new um, home away and um, statement.
1: Oh, yeah
0: i'm not a big fan of the red one i'm not sure why like uh the one that's primary red with the black yeah Uh, i'm not i'm not a big fan of it i've seen it on shelves in in the malls here in like the greater toronto area yeah i've seen it too it's i don't know why but the red is just a little off like to me it looks like ketchup (laughs) I, i don't know it's weird i'm a bigger fan of the white ones the, the primary white with the red because it reminds me of the Canadian flag.
1: That's but, what I, I... Yeah. I don't think the black works with the, the the red in this case. You're right. I think of like the, the jerseys that they wore to win the championship, the North. That looks really nice. The yes. With the Canadian flag.
0: Those are my favorite jerseys that the Raptors have ever wore just because, well... It's close. I like. I also like the Vince Carter jerseys that they wore, like primary purple with the black on the back, and the one with the raptor obviously is really nice too. But I, I just love the the ones they wore in the championship game because you know obviously yeah. the championship jersey. But th- those ones are really iconic to like Canada, because it's like so Canadian, just red and white, and then you got the chevron. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: you but know. Anyways, uh- oh. Sorry, I was going to say like uh if you remember back like there was a period where like um remember when they like, it, obviously this is the Rosa Callari era but they had those uh Raptors jerseys that like they've had for years and then they made that switch to um that they completely made the I think that was when they even implemented the whole We the North um slogan as, along with the jersey rebrand. Mm. But I remember, like, the, the brand of jerseys that, like, we see with the Raptors, like, the red and white, like, more of the basic, um, basic font versus, like, uh, you know what jerseys I'm
0: talking about? Uh, is it the ones they, like, the primary ones they wore, like, the past couple like, of years?
1: Like, the, think about, it, like, uh, yeah, transition to those ones over the past few years. But the, the era before when they had, like, um,
0: oh, like the, like the, the basic ones.
1: 2010 to like 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah. Know what you're about. See, so I was used to that look. And then they switched to that, that, the, the look that we've seen in the past few years. And I remember at first not liking it at all. Cause it just, the font was a little more basic and it was very minimalistic. But I've grown to really love it. Yeah. And like, I think that's it, from that it could point be a on. Thing
0: that like draws that, on us.
1: Yeah. From that point on, I've, I've liked every jersey that they've uh, implemented. Whether it was, I mean, they, they had the Huskies. Um, I mean you can't go wrong with the old school the old school was always going to be a jersey that we would like so we loved the old school ones um, but just like even I liked the north jersey um, yeah. the red white scheme I liked both versions of the OVO themed um, jerseys yeah. they ha- and then now I like this new one but this is the first one that I'm not the biggest fan of yet I don't think I'm going to like this one I think the
0: only problems I have are with the the red one, the primary red and the primary black.
1: That's what I'm the saying. Red,
0: I it just looks weird to me because I think That's it needs I... like more white in order to like balance out the jersey because it just looks like too red
1: and too dull. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it, I don't know, just the too much of the red reminds me of ketchup for whatever reason. Like again, <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense, but. The only one I'm a big fan of is like the primary white, like I was saying, just reminds me of the flag. But I guess the last jersey they're going to reveal is going to be the retro, which is going to be the primarily prim- predominantly purple, you know, retro Raptor theme. So we'll have to see what that looks like. But mm-hmm. if they're just going to do it like this red, I don't think it's going to look that good if they're just going to do it like this.
1: Nah, I don't know. I'm, I keep like. They even, like, had some promos where they were, like, wearing it or they at least photoshopped the, the jersey onto the players not feeling it. Like, the blackness of the arrow and the jersey, uh, the number, makes the, the red dull, look dull in comparison with the white one. I'm looking, I'm looking at it right now, and the red just pops yeah, up. Yeah, it
0: pops off. It looks really good.
1: Yeah, I, th- so, I, I think
0: don't... if they made the number white on the red jersey, like the primarily red jersey. Like, if they just made it, like, almost like the North ones, but not like not necessarily like that, yeah. it would be fine. But, yeah, yeah. I, I just hope they bring those jerseys back because whenever they do, I'm definitely going to buy one because, man, I didn't pull the trigger when they came out initially because I have this thing where if I buy a Raptors jersey, it gets cursed. And then, like, the Raptors oh. start losing. So, I didn't want yeah. to curse the team at the time. But, yeah, if they, if they ever retro those again, I definitely have to grab those. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I think we've gone on a little too long about jerseys. But, yeah, we, we talked it, a lot, we covered a lot of content today just in terms of, you know, the NBA restart, potentially mm-hmm. what's going to happen with the Raptors and some other news around the NBA. But, regardless,
1: one, one more thing I wanted to bring up. Sorry. Is I want to, uh, just say um, I'm happy for Delonte West and continue mm. to keep praying. So, Cuban Mark Cuban has been posting a few updates with him, uh, in case you didn't know. Like, um, he was homeless uh, for the past few years, dealing with mental health, uh, mental illnesses, um, and going through things in his personal life. Mark Cuban has, after the the videos of. Uh, Delante went viral. Mark Cuban went to pick him up and has brought him to rehab. And based off the updates that he's been providing, he's been doing well. So shout out to Delante. Hope he continues to get better.
0: Yeah, shout out to him for sure. And shout out to Mark Cuban for really helping him out. That's a, a really great story in the league. And I hope everybody else stays safe at home. You know, stay well. I hope you guys are doing okay and staying healthy. We're going to be back next week, most likely with a NBA draft primer for you guys. We're going to bring you guys everything around the NBA draft. We're going to break down some prospects, really get into the nitty-gritty, and we're going to bring on some guests to help us out with that. So make sure you guys stay tuned on the NBA's Most Valuable Podcast. Until then, we're out.
1: Peace.